Welcome to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. This is our weekly podcast where we share our stories of starting and running our float centers. We love it as you join us, as we work together to raise our education level on building, marketing, and running our float centers. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Are there any new social medias that we need to be on? We're on those at Art of the Float. <laughs> and there's also uh, artofthefloat.com if you want to find show notes, links, pictures from all our episodes, all that good stuff. But you probably already know that. You probably also already know that I'm Dylan. I co-own The Float Shop with my wife, Sandra Calm, in Portland, Oregon. I'm joined tonight with Amy of Float Nashville and Brian Van Pesky, co-founder of Art of the Float. He is on the boards behind the scene and helping create this Facebook Live video tonight. So thanks so much, Brian, for that. Uh, beyond that, thanks, R.B. Langhart for supporting us on Patreon. Appreciate that so much. I sent a little survey out there and got some awesome feedback that we'll get to in a little bit here. Um, today, by the way, if you're curious about what the topic of the show is, we're doing a live QA. We love to do these every once in a while and hear from the community on the spot, whatever's on your mind, and uh, dip into Amy, myself, and Brian's brains and, and our experience and see how we can help out. We do have a few, I think, already on the docket. Brian put a post out there, so we have a couple questions that we'll dive into, and uh, we'll see, uh, see what else everybody has to say and see if we actually know things or not. That's going to be fun. Uh <laughs> Let's see here. Oh, Float Helm. I want to give a shout out to Float Helm as well. Float Helm is built for float centers by float center owners. These guys know what you need for uh, managing scheduling, managing your employees' hours, uh, managing your logbook. All that stuff is built into this thing. Oh, and uh, tracking all of your metrics uh, for you know Epsom salt, um, so yeah, salinity, peroxide, all that stuff. You can track it and have years worth of data. It's designed very well. And you can also schedule for, say, massage anytime that you want. It, I think at the beginning was designed specifically for float centers, for float tanks, and now they're growing it and evolving it to make it a little bit more robust and agile for people who are doing things beyond just float tanks. So go to floathelm.com. And the best thing about this is you can just schedule a free tour, check it out, um, have them show you everything that you need to know for your float center and answer any questions that you might have. So it's really just a just a win-win scenario for you to go check it out. So again, floathelm.com is where you want to go. How are y'all doing tonight? So, oh, we're broadcasting while it's snowing and it's 80 degrees at the same time. <laughs> of course, we are in two degrees. different time zones. <laughs> That's right. 80 degrees in Nashville. Good I'm Lord. actually, I actually have my AC roaring and just trying <laughs> to stay nice and cool tonight. Nice. But then uh, tomorrow well, it's supposed to be 39, so, you know. You're kidding me. <laughs> this is normal. Yesterday it was 50. Yeah. Welcome to the South. Okay. All right. Fair Craziness. Enough. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm su- I know it's February still, but I was a little surprised that we have days of snow right now. That's a little, little interesting. But, uh, yeah, we've had snow coming in for a little bit here, and it's been beautiful and magical. And, uh, of course, showing my daughter... Uh, the um, snowy landscape has been quite fun. Yeah, I've been watching the pictures. It really is beautiful out there right now. It really is. I, I almost envy you. <laughs> almost. I do envy <laughs> you. I would trade this in a heartbeat for 80 degree weather. <laughs> it's been a little bit. Yeah, I'm ready for summer. Me too. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Brian, how are you doing? <laughs> doing good, yeah. Just uh, getting out and enjoying the... Our late uh, late winter snow, winter wonderland. You Took the out dog there? out. Vaughn cool. loves snorkeling in the snow, so <laughs> <Okay>. he's <laughs> digging that. 
And uh, yeah, I'm excited to dive into some live Q&A with everyone. Well, before that, I'm curious about Amy's week. I know where every every week there seems to be some more fun, <laughs> mm-hmm. delightful, positive events. Yeah, what's the what's the? <laughs> yes, it's it's the For it's an sure. odyssey. It's Homer's odyssey here. It's it is an epic. First, just a really quick update on build out because interestingly enough, right after we recorded last week. Uh, I was talking last week about how we were supposed to get a temporary UNO, which is um, a use and occupancy permit, so we can open up uh, just for the tap room. And then they decided no. And then the next day after we recorded, I got an email from our architect. And she said, okay, so if you get the electrical done for the entire building, they're going to give you a, a UNO, a use and occupancy permit. Oh. So now we just have to finish up the electrical, which we're going to be getting it done here in the next, hopefully, two days. Nice. And so then we will be able to <laughs> open up the tap room next week. Awesome. There's still t- Thank you. There's still tons and tons of work to be done. Uh, this is by no means means that we can fully open, but I just need to get some money coming in and that tap room will help. Right. Which brings me to the other craziness that has happened this week and it made national news. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. I yes. can't wait to hear about Which this from your perspective. so embarrassing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So <laughs> last Monday... Uh, You may have heard in Rutherford County, Tennessee, which is Murfreesboro, which is where I am putting my new float center. uh, You will, I'm sure you've heard the sheriff went and padlocked 23 businesses for selling CBD. Now, well, Amy, I got to say people (laughs) paying for products to get high without a permit just sounds out of line to me. I'm I'm, going to be honest. That doesn't sound right. Yeah. So right. yep. how and can you, you possibly sheriff, defend that? You and the sheriff are in the same boat, except he was corrected by the reporters that it doesn't get you high, and it's it's legal in our state. By the way, all the news reports said that federal agencies were involved. No federal agencies were involved oh, interesting. at all, huh. in any way, shape, or form. And <laughs> the sheriff had no clue what CBD even was, and he didn't know what it did, and he was not aware of the fact that there was a law passed by our governor last year saying that anyone can sell or buy hemp, industrial hemp-sourced CBD that has 0.3% or under of THC. Totally unaware, and the judge has already admitted that, oh, well, I signed it when the DA came through. I didn't look up the law. Um, just wow. signed the indictment. Sloppy. So by f- yeah, so sloppy and so ridiculous. It fell apart really yeah. fast. So what happened by Friday, they had the hearing. And at the hearing, the judge said, well, you're an idiot. Uh, he didn't say that in so many words. But um, the governor has been saying it all week, by the way. Our governor, governor of our state has been saying heads are going to roll. People are losing their jobs. No way. Um, So the judge said, give them back their cash boxes, open their businesses. The only thing that he did not allow them to do was sell CBD. The law, he said, now it's it's in the hands of law enforcement to prove that the products are derived from marijuana and not industrial hemp. Now, that was Hmm. the final Mm -hmm. thing that they said. Oh, well, you know, we didn't arrest them for CBD, of course, after they had already said they arrested them for CBD. We arrested them because it was from marijuana the problem is, so far, um, all the tests that they turned over that they've supposedly been building up um, to make these big busts, none of them show that marijuana, it, that none of it is derived from marijuana. So how they're going to prove 
their uh, their thing at uh, when it gets to uh, the next hearing, which is middle of March. I'm not sure. All this to say, I'm getting ready to move in right down the street from one of the padlocked businesses in Murfreesboro. And I do sell CBD products. And not only do I sell CBD products, but I have a manufacturing agreement with a CBD company. And I do some co-packing for different CBD products for some people. So (laughs) here we are getting ready to move in. And assuming that we can sell our CBD products and all this goes down. So we have been spending the week talking and and talking to lawyers about, you know, despite the fact that these other businesses that have been shut down, they're not allowed to sell the CBD products. How, you know, are they going to come and padlock us? That sort of thing. We have decided to go ahead and sell CBD products because we do know and we can prove pretty readily that the products are derived from industrial hemp and they meet the standards in the state of Tennessee. And, and why does that matter? The marijuana versus hemp? It's the state law. Yeah. But what, why? Just that because you're going to have to <laughs> could be grown that, legally in the first yeah, place. I, I admit perhaps that's it. It's uh yeah. The Tennessee hemp industries association had a lot to do with that. So I'm sure it's okay. to push the hemp growth here in the state. Wow. I just, uh, it is amazing that we're in the world of the internet, that we are all connected across this world, that you and I are having a conversation right now, and we have these incredibly different laws across state to state. We just can't, like, and the the sheriff thinking CBD oil means getting high and is going to go out and shut places down. It just boggles my mind that we can have such a lack of information and also just like different uh, different perspectives across the country so, so strongly too. Collectives, little collectives across the country. What was really, yeah, it is. And what was really frustrating is a lot of people were grabbing that article to make this point like, see, it's all still illegal federally and people are going to get in trouble and you shouldn't be doing this. That news story was so inaccurate and it infuriated me that people were sharing it to use it to um, hold up their, you know, some, some preconceived ideas when they don't understand the law in our state and they don't understand what really happened. And like I said, there were so many discrepancies in that. Um, in that news article that was going around, but uh, but it has become is a it, hot topic, for sure. Is there any like class action lawsuit or anything like that happening? Oh, oh, can you friend. do that? Can you? St- oh, they zone? sure have. Oh. Um, so the good. All I mean, honestly, I, I feel like have that's band really... together. Yep, they are suing the county. They're suing the sheriff. They're suing the DA. All the manufacturers <laughs> of the products that have been confiscated are suing, and I. the reason I know this is I'm friends with one of the owners of one of the manufacturers who got caught up in this. Uh-huh. He is all, he's, he's four or five lawsuits out now. The county, the sheriff, by the way, just got the county uh, in a lawsuit that they had to pay out a crap ton of money just a few months ago. Now, oh, wow. this is going to be just massive, massive loss of money. Um, and... Should it be shown that the sheriff just violated people's civil rights, huh. there's going to be a lot of other consequences as well. Oh, man. Um, so Speaking of online, Google it, <laughs> sheriff. Google it yeah. before you go shutting him down. Dang. Probably not the smartest thing he ever did, but he doesn't seem to be the brightest bulb in the lamp. 
That doesn't seem to slow people down. He was so (laughs) eager to hold that press conference so he could show off his what a good job he did, and (laughs) I'm sure backfired on him when reporters started asking questions. Oh, did you catch the part where the one reporter said, "Well, you know, they sell it down at Walmart," and he's like, "Well, we're gonna go check out Walmart next." Yeah, uh yeah. Wait a second. Let me get some popcorn. Let me go get in place because I want to watch him bust Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) I want to watch what happens when the corporate lawyers come out. It'll be great. I was just like, "Oh, entertainment, entertainment." So, yeah. What a mess. It was it was so funny to hear you talk about it on last week's episode and then suddenly see it like all across the internet in yes. the news. I was like, oh wow, like this is a big thing. Yeah, it took me a while <laughs> to put wacky. together it was the same story. Like, mm-hmm. whoa, this really is how okay, wow, cool. I mean not not cool, but yeah. kinda neat. Yeah. Uh, so that's where I'm going to start my foot center, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Well I'm glad it I'm glad that happened right before you yeah. started up, right? Like let's yeah. let's shake it out. Okay, what are the laws? What are the rules? Let's get the kinks out and then we're gonna open and hopefully not not get yeah. the shakedown. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping I don't get padlocked. That is certainly the goal. But um, like I said, the products that we are carrying are legal in the state of Tennessee. So um, if they do padlock me, at least, you know, maybe there's a lawsuit in my future that might pay for a few things. But, you know, you always hope that doesn't happen. Um, yeah. So well, maybe at this point you are hoping. <laughs> no. <laughs> Enough delays. <laughs> no. They open the CBD part. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so we can so get we shut are, down and soon. Oh, gosh, I just can't even imagine at this no. point. Oh um, and like I said, you know, we're, we're going to be able to open, hopefully, the tap room. But there's so, so much to be done. And it feels, it's feeling very overwhelming. Hmm. It's feeling very overwhelming at the moment. It's very frustrating. Hmm. So uh, I know that I'm not the only one that has, you know, we're already two months late. And now, of course, it's getting pushed back. God knows how long till we can get hmm. the rest of it. But... Uh, but yeah, I feel you. If you're going through this right now, I feel you right there in the heart. <laughs> it's I mean, very frustrating. Can, it's tiresome. Before we move on, hearing you say that you're overwhelmed, and I know like there's an ebb and flow to, to life in general. Things can be overwhelming. But to hear you say that, I mean, of course, like you can be overwhelmed. But at the same time, like I feel like you you know it's going to go over. You know how to budget. You know that their stress is going to come up. And then to hear you saying you're overwhelmed is kind of like, what what's happening? You know, like talk to me. Well, talk to me, so, Goose. So, <laughs> so I I haven't talked too much about it, and I I still hesitate to. But you know, uh, I was doing this business with um, someone else. We have a we have another portion. The tap room is not actually it is my business to a degree, but not really. Um, and what I didn't plan for is that the other person has not paid not only none of their bills, but none of their build out. So I'm taking on all of that. And that has been overwhelming. And I'm taking on a lot of the work because, quite frankly, I need it to be up and running. So it covers overhead. So it would be lovely to say, well, it's your problem. You deal with it. That's not the way that life goes. When you need it to open, you need it to open. So that has been uh, a lot of my plate that I didn't plan for. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm balancing about four businesses right now. And it's tax time, so I'm trying to get tax right. stuff together. And, you know, Mark it's all the little things. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he would if I let him, but I'm terrified to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think about Sandra uh, letting and me and do that. Mm-mm, mm-mm. He would, yeah, he would totally agree right now. But, you nice. know, it's, you know what it is when you hit that certain part during build out, you just know you're not going to get much sleep. You know it's mm. going to be crazy. You know you hit that one point, and this next six months, you know, you might as well just 
plan on doing nothing other than staying in your in your building because like i said right. last week you know i was trying to get my got my hair done i got my you know <laughs> get, trying to get my doctor's appointments and you know it is kind of funny but it's truth you know the truth is if i don't get this stuff done now it's not getting done it's so funny i chipped mm-hmm. i chipped a tooth this week it was like well thank god it's this week and not you know funny, he was down the road right? i'm trying to get like all the chip <laughs> the teeth done it's like oh man you know we gotta crazy. mention I mentioned from Dana Highfield, we we uh, were talking about this last week. She made a comment on Facebook <laughs> saying, I, I went to the dentist, I took my shower, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to go for a year's worth of construction. <laughs> yeah, you're all set I brushed now. my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> and you're good. You're good during construction. It's right when you hit this point where you're so close to opening because all those little things that need to be done that you forgot about, like, oh, I need to, like, clean the floors. I need to wipe. I need to spend good, you know, five days (laughs) wiping drywall dust off the walls. I need to put in the shelving. I need to... (laughs) Yeah, it's all these little things. I need to order the retail. I need to make sure that we have, you know, shelves in the float room, which, by the way, got forgotten somehow. (laughs) Nice. Um, you know, and, and this is an expert, by good. the way. This is somebody who knows what yeah. she's doing. <laughs> well, you know, originally we had it on the list, but it just didn't get transferred to this last list. And all of a sudden, I'm I went to do some shopping today. I'm sitting there going, "Holy crap, we need shelves." Where do I put these towels? What? what? <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh boy, it's one of those days. Um, yeah. So you just know when you hit this point, it's go time. Um. You just you just go, and you do the best you can, and you just hope you're gonna survive. Bless your heart. Mm. Ah, bless my heart, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't have good. any epic stories this week. I'm a little a little disappointed now. You have two epics: opening a float center, Ugh. and and the CBD making national news CBD. big time. I know. I don't have that good stuff. So, all that embar- by our embarrassing. Um, our embarrassing sheriff. But what are your stories yeah. this week? You you still have some stuff going on, surely. Well, I, there there's some interesting things. I one is just actually just because FRP was brought up in Float Collective again. I think it was today. Mm-hmm. Um, fiberglass reinforced plastic is what it stands for, by the way. Uh, it is um, something that we're looking into putting up in a, in our float center. And I just want to emphasize one more time that your shower walls need to go wide out from your showers, like basically. Mm-hmm. Almost all or all of your walls need to be water, salt waterproofed because it will get annihilated. And if you're only creating tiling where the shower is itself, people are going to be touching the walls on their way in. They're going to be reaching out for the towels, whatever it is. That salt water is going to creep out of that space and it's going to corrode and destroy. And that is why we're putting in the FRP to fan out the edges so that we can increase the lifespan of our float center. So if you're listening to this and you aren't open or you're in mid construction, it's time to pump the brakes, take some time to think about this and uh, either expand your tile or put up that FRP. There there are other options out there. I don't want to just say those are the only two. Um, you could even epoxy up the walls. Um, Ultramarine has, I mean, I think Gloria was talking about that. She wasn't a big fan of the price of that one, but I mean, that's going to be good forever if, if you uh, use the Ultramarine. What were you going to say, Amy? A good rule of thumb uh, that I've been taught is uh, five feet. So if our shower, we have, mm. you know, goes into a corner, five feet out from each corner. And quite frankly, we are expanding that considerably <laughs> in this next location. So at least Overdo five it. feet. That was yeah. okay, but... We're doing much, much more this next time. That's interesting. 
So rule of thumb is what? The, the entire room, right? I mean, it just the needs to be the ceiling. I, <laughs> I mean, is, is that is that ideal, Dylan? Because you have you have a good number of feet between of pathway between your tank and your shower yeah. that people are on the floor touching the wall as they find their way in the dark to the shower. How how much how much are you, how much coverage are you going for? Well, what if we were talking about Nautilus? They step literally out of the tank into the shower, and yet. Right. Uh, yet we have walls peeling, oh, bubbling. So, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think, I mean, I think the only antidote to that would be if you literally had the chamber style where you open the, the door into the shower and that is it within a chamber of, of, you know, some kind of glass or housing, you know what I mean? Right. Um, other than that, it's getting everywhere. It just is. And, uh, yeah, yeah I think it's oh. worse if you have to cover distance, but People are also crazy, man, and I don't mean that in a negative sense. I just mean like people just just uh, splash the salt water everywhere. It's just it's just insanity. They <laughs> touch just everything everywhere. They, oh yeah, they touch things, and you're like, how? Why? Why are they even touching that wall? It's not even close to the tank Brian, or the shower. What are they doing in there? What are you doing in there, Brian? You think we don't we'll know? Never know? We don't think you don't. You think we don't know what you've been doing? I know you know. You leave. You leave. Uh, inflammatory remarks on my customer profile oh, that all that the employees me. always laugh at <laughs> when I show up for my float. That was a former employee who has been dealt with. We, I would never, never mm-hmm. say something like that it's, to you. The salt does get... Someone posted in Float Collective, I think, their, um, their ventilation fan, their HVAC fan, and like they pull, they pull oh, yes. it up. The whole thing was just covered in salt. Isn't that insane? It's, yeah. it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Like yeah, Mark actually took out, cleaned ours, or looked, checked ours out, actually, after that post. And he's like, well, it wasn't as bad as I thought, but yeah, it was pretty rough. Looks so. like uh, Sean Hodgins has his entire room in FRP. Yeah. Yes. Pretty yes. nice. He's gl- glad he made the decision. Nice. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Sean, that's what we're doing. I think it's it's so easy. So easy when you do it that way, when you have that much. Yes. Ah, oh, just thinking there were so many choices I made of like, we'll fix this later or we'll figure it out later. And you don't want to do that later after you're open and people, you know, every, all the equipment is in there, all that stuff. It's just so much more work. The more you can do, the more, you know, beforehand, the more you can educate yourself and set things up. Oh my gosh. Mm. I'm not one to walk around with a lot of regrets, but Lord have mercy. I have some regrets about my, my build out. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all do. I think yeah, all that's do. probably true. Yeah. That's probably true. And and I guess the other thing is we just learn, right? The the idea right. is you, you're never going to do everything perfectly. You just got to learn. When you start, you want this beautiful center. You imagine these wonderful, <laughs> beautiful, <laughs> yes. welcoming flow rooms, totally. and you know you want it to look homey. And then by the time you get your second space, you're like, screw it. everything is going to be yeah. FRP, FRP is not the prettiest thing in the world, but I will say, and I don't know if she's listening, but Angela McAllister at Lucidity, she has a room that's all FRP, and I went in there, and I was with Mark, well, Mark, this looks pretty, this looks pretty nice, it looks pretty clean, it just looks, it doesn't look clinical, like I was afraid mm. it looked clinical, her room doesn't look clinical, Nice. it's just pleasant, and there's cool. ways, there's so many ways that you can dress up FRP, you know, um, I think it's even Ikea, but you can buy them on Amazon too, these little uh, two by two uh, blocks of greenery yeah it's mm-hmm. not real but if you have them up high mm-hmm. um it looks really lovely it looks kind of like you have a living wall you mm-hmm. can decorate it up with some um uh, some vinyl 
oh, why can't I think murals? Uh, mm-hmm. There's so many ways to make it look good and still functional. It doesn't have to look clinical. It does not look clinical. And you can put some nice wood benches. You can put some, you know, we're putting some, I say vases, but that's not true. They're like little containers with fronds of prettiness coming out of them. I don't know. But there's little ways, little things you can do to dress it up. And some artwork on the walls. It's beautiful. Nice. So don't be afraid of, don't be afraid of FRP. Even the plain white stuff. Don't be afraid. It's okay. Nice. Thanks, Amy. I won't be afraid. All right. Don't be afraid. Be brave, that. Dylan. You got it. <laughs> oh, he, he doesn't have to. That was definitely not addressed towards Dylan. Dylan is like ready to go. FRP the crap <laughs> yeah. out of this room. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sling some yeah. FRP up there. Sean, I want some pictures. I want to see how. Yeah. I, I just want to see. I want to be able to pour water until it's above the door line. It's just an aquarium. <laughs> I want to be able to keep a saltwater fish in there. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was I meant to talk about FRP for about 30 seconds. So hopefully that was valuable to somebody. Sorry about that. It, no, it is a really important topic, right? Like it, it's salt. We're dealing with salt. Um, we put the questionnaire out to, to our Patreon supporters. And if you're not a supporter, I think this is still just interesting information, uh, on, what kind of people, uh, what kind of photography people are interested in for their float centers. I found it fascinating. And I'm not going to go through every question, but I just want to hit on some of the main points that we got through. I think the first most interesting one was implied nudity in the float uh, tank. It was like, it's kind of racy if they don't have a bathing suit. Is it? Is it not? I don't know. And I asked the question, you know, do you want to see a bathing suit or do you want the implied nudity? And 50%, um, or excuse me, no one said that they wanted a bathing suit. And most preferred the 50, uh, excuse me, most preferred nudity. And um, some people preferred the, uh, um, like a split between the two. Or basically didn't, didn't have an opinion, a strong opinion on that. So that's going to impact my photography. And what's really cool is, you know, using Photoshop and Lightroom, even if they have a bathing suit on, it's pretty easy to just kind of make it disappear. So um, we can do more of that in, in the future. And um, not to say that it'll all be like that. And I'm talking about close-up headshots. If it's has their body in there, a little bit more difficult to do. Um, and especially with the gents, a lot more difficult with, with the gentlemen. Uh, beyond that, I asked about like, do you want more men or do you want more women in, uh, your photos? And for the most part, people said 50, 50 split, which, uh, makes a lot of sense to me. you um, there's, I think arguably, I guess we'd have to really, as a collective, put all our information together, but a little bit more women floating than men. But, uh, but for the most part, um, it's a pretty even split on who we're trying to attract into our float centers. I also asked if we want, um, if the community wants transgender models in their uh, photography. I was really curious about that. And uh, some of you said yes. Not a lot of you said you're interested in transgender. So I think what that means for me is that's more like a bonus set or just go up on uh, another like a uh, gallery that we're coming out with that wouldn't be for the, for the monthly, if like a whole bunch of people aren't going to be using it. I mean, I want everybody to be as happy as possible with, with what we're putting out there. Um, what you don't know is that we've already used a transgender model. So mm-hmm. I think what we mean is, do you want obvious transgender models <laughs> is maybe how I should have worded it. So, uh, yeah, clearly it doesn't actually truly matter if they are or not. It's just kind of the, the statement and uh, how somebody is expressing themselves in the photos. Eyes open or closed was another interesting one. Um, do you want eyes open or closed? Everybody preferred eyes closed or an even mix of open and closed. Nobody said they really like eyes open, which I was surprised by. 
um, Jacob actually messaged me afterwards and said, you know, thanks for this shot of her looking at the camera. Apparently, uh, somebody looking at the camera gets more clicks, uh, according to the, the social media advertising class he had taken. And so uh, I will still be including eyes open. Uh, but people, people want that relaxed, eyes closed. You know, basically how we actually float is how people generally want to represent it. So I thought that was interesting, as I think I've been doing more and more eyes open. And so it's like, okay, reel it back, reel it back. Uh, um, three questions I had about body type, age, ethnicity. This was actually really heartwarming and sweet to see people's responses on this one, including the, the comments. But basically, everybody wants everybody represented was kind of the, what I took away from this Um there's a slightly higher request for ages 25 to 44. Uh, so like two brackets that I uh, gave as an option was the most popular age. Uh, under 18 was the lowest, uh, although people did say it would be cool to have a kid floating. You know, it'd be cool to have that as something people can use to put up on their social media. So that's something I'd be interested in doing. Uh, and as far as the race goes, I mean, that was almost completely even across the board. People want to show all sorts of uh, different uh, races and ethnicities. Uh, Caucasian won by a little bit. Um, and I think that's just because there are a lot of cities that are mostly Caucasian and it's predominantly who they're trying to attract into their business. But I did get a few comments that said, you know, although we are mostly Caucasian, give us everything. <laughs> we want to re represent everybody. And that's actually what I saw the most of is just really sweet things of everybody's beautiful, show everybody, we want to show everybody. I just love that. It was really heartwarming and sweet to hear everybody's sweet comments about uh, all the different body types, ages, and ethnicities. Um, oh, and if I didn't cover that body types, people wanted an even mix of everything. There was no real strong direction of any single one of them. Oh, except I think um, extremely high body fat was slightly lower than the rest. Um, and I think like morbidly obese, yes, we want to be able to show that, yes, you can still float here. Um, but I don't think everybody wants that to be every every month to get a new uh, version of that and saying that's uh, who should be floating at the center. But it's nice to have that, I think, is kind of the uh, impression that I got. I asked about medical medical conditions. Um, people, people were a little perplexed by this one. I didn't get a whole lot of feedback on this one, but pregnancy was one. <laughs> if you can call that a medical, medical condition, I, I think you can get away with that. Uh, yes, I do want to get pregnancy photos. That is on my list for sure. Uh, amputees was brought up. Yes, that would be awesome as well. Um, and I have a few other ideas that I'd like to um, take a look at and try to represent people who can use floating, who uh, kind of physically show medical conditions. So I'll be working on that. Um, yeah. Smiling is good, but not uh, incredibly good. It wasn't a big positive, a little bit of a mixed response on this one. So again, the, kind of the eyes closed, the relaxed, not necessarily smiling ear to ear, uh, just um, again, representing what the float experience is like. Lighter colors, you don't want the super dark images, dark shadows, that's something that I have leaned towards and uh, I'm, I'm learning I need to lighten it up, brighten it up. And so I'll have a little bit more confidence in doing that and making sure you can see everything in the image uh, going forward. And so again, if somebody isn't supporting us and this isn't about them and the pictures they're getting for the photos that you wanna uh, put out there, it sounds like very overwhelmingly, 
lighter colors are going to be better. And bleeding into the next thing would be uh, higher saturation as well. So uh, not not a crazy amount. As uh, Brian and I were talking off uh, off microphone a couple of days ago, you know, you you increase the saturation, you're like, yes, this is perfect. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this. You go for a walk, you come back, you look at it, and you go, oh my. God, this looks like somebody from Jersey Shore. Are you kidding me? This is orange. No, we got to crank it down. Uh, and so just take a, take, take a walk, take a break, sleep on it, come back to it, and then um, take a look at it again. That's something that I had to learn about uh, editing uh, my own photos for sure. And uh, silly stuff. People don't want uh, face paint, goggles, you know, just like props, that kind of thing. It was did not come across strong. That isn't to say I'm never going to do that. What I think that means is it'll be an addition to a set, it'll be a bonus set, or just something we throw up on a gallery for purchase separately, uh, because uh, it just doesn't sound like the main thing people want. But I had some ideas, some holiday ideas, stuff like that, that could be fun. Uh, besides just getting into a Santa costume, which might actually be pretty cool. We'll see if we could pull that off, but, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, anything else here? Oh, actually, yeah, this is, and actually this was uh, an Amy question, which was a good one of additional items. So not just people floating, but the things around the float center, like bags of salt, salt lamps, instructional pictures. I'm not sure if that was actually, I think somebody brought that one up. I'm not sure if that was you, Amy, or one of the responders said, how about some photos of like how to put in your earplugs and things that uh, you can kind of train people, um, whether your center's open or even before you open kind of kind of getting them used to what it what it's all like. So I thought that was a great idea. Um, the cons to this that was brought up was really strong, which is kind of the, the weakness or the um, thing we try to work with uh, creating these pictures is not knowing what float center or float tank that it's in. So as soon as you see our tile walls, if you see somebody um, outside of the float tank, you know it's not float alchemy, right? Like their FRP looks different. So, <laughs> so um, really trying to keep the images in tight, generic, that kind of thing is something that we aim for. But again, if you haven't opened yet, I don't think people are necessarily going to expect that your tile is going to look that way. And so um, just putting out the education part will be worthwhile. So we'll, we'll try to work with that and keep, you know, any pictures of bags of Epsom salt, all that stuff staged in a way that... Uh, is, is generic in a way that you, you just don't know where it's located. And um, I guess the only final thing we just, uh, and, and the first few people who filled this out, thank you so much. I didn't include this pick, uh, comment question because I, I just forgot, but uh, I put it in there. A few people had already filled it out, but I just asked for, is there anything else you want to share with us? You know, just any open-ended feedback. And it was just overwhelmingly, incredibly positive, warm and sweet and calling us all awesome. And it's just... Thank you so much. That was so sweet. Thanks. And uh, including people who listen to the show every single week, tune in. Thank you guys mm -hmm. so much. That's so sweet to hear. Just just warms me up. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I should probably do a, bl a plug for Patreon, huh? Uh, <laughs> well, since we're talking about photos, yeah, where, uh, where can I get these fantastic photos you're describing, Dylan? You just want to go to patreon.com forward slash art of the float. And for $10, you too can get a monthly set of people floating that are going to try to meet all of these different kind of responses that we got of guiding us to what's the perfect picture for float centers. So that's what we're doing. And these are designed so that you could put graphic or not. Well, I guess you could put graphics on it, but um, you can lower the saturation, increase the saturation, put some filters on it, put text on it, uh, make a sale image, all that stuff. So it's not like you just need to post the picture. You can you can use these. Uh, these are yours. You're purchasing them. As long as you're a float center, we are creating these at 
in my opinion, at low cost because we want you guys to be able to have access to these and use them. We want this industry to be successful. So mm -hmm. I think uh, I think there's some good photos and a good mix. A lot have negative space, so you can put text in there. Uh, so yeah, and then yeah. others that are good for your website and stuff like that. They're, they're super flexible and they're high resolution too. So if you have mm. the chops and you want to run with a, cutting the photo or changing the dyna lighting dynamics or something, they're high resolution enough that, that you can do that. So, um, yeah. And, and we, we, we've been loving, I've been loving seeing these photos in use. Um, yeah. and really <laughs> seeing what people have done with them. Um, we have some people just posting the photos or applying cool filters. Um, I think someone is incorporating it into a promotional video uh, for their float center. So it's really cool to see these in use. Um, so yeah, Patreon's the, the place to get those. And we'll also, we'll also be making the photos available for purchase individually. Um, at some time in the future, we'll have more details on that in the coming weeks um, for those that uh, don't want to or can't uh, support us on Patreon. And as we've said, the, the price will always be best for our Patreon supporters. Mm -hmm. You'll be getting them first, too. They'll also be delayed before they end up on the, on the uh, gallery as well. Yeah. Um, thanks to everybody who's supporting us. It's been so much fun. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, and thank getting, you. getting all that feedback was a lot of fun for us as well. All right. We got some questions to get to. First, I want to thank Float Fuel for supporting Art of the Float podcast. Float Fuel has the highest purity standards, eliminating possible contaminants for the purest float experience possible, which, as we've discussed before, avoids that brown water feeling. It's more than a feeling. It's the feeling that you can't bring anybody into your float tank because it's um, it's a little... What's the word, Brian? Um, uncouth? No. Uh, disgusting. Disgusting. It's not ideal. It's, it's not... hard to have your pinky in the air while you're introducing somebody <laughs> to your fancy float tank that has almost untransparent brown water. Let's just mm -hmm. say that. Yeah. Is that, sure. is that the way we get That's around? Fair. Cool. Mm -hmm. Nice. So avoid that. Uh, the Epsom salt <laughs> is produced in Utica, Illinois, just south of Chicago. Float fuel, uh, better salt for a better float. Use the promo code AOTF. Art of the Float for 15% off of your order and uh, just go to floatfuel.com. We also have a link on artofthefloat.com if you want to access it through us as well. So yeah, again, use that promo code AOTF. Let them know that you're checking them out because uh, because of the podcast and uh, yeah, helps keep this, uh, this little pirate ship afloat. It's nice. Yeah, little, little community here. Um, Brian, do you want to read the questions and walk us through all of this? Yeah, so this this is a Facebook Live, and uh, we are doing a live Q&A so that you can uh, post your questions in the comment box below, and we will do our best to answer them here on the show. Um, we did get a few ahead of time. I had made a post in Float Collective asking about what kind of topics um, people would be interested in discussing. Uh, I think before we dive into those specific questions, I did want to highlight a um, comment from Sean uh, when we were talking about FRP. Mm -hmm. He mentioned that the key to making the FRP look good was to have soft ambient lighting. Mm. Um, he also noted that his FRP is not the typical restaurant style. It has a nice texture to it. So uh, <laughs> cool. nice, nice, nicely textured FRP plus ambient lighting seems to be uh, the recipe for success there. Okay. If you're I worried about how it's going to look. I think we all are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I just the soft lighting, I'd love to hear if he wants to write in again, just be, to know a little bit more about why the soft lighting is important. Uh, just 
just mood lighting, setting the ambiance, and if you've got white walls, just keeping it a little intimate with the lighting, is my guess. Mm. Yeah, for sure, because, you know, with all that white, it can look clinical, and if you have harsh lights right. reflecting off of it, it, it can feel, I'm assuming, it can feel a little overwhelming. Got it. Right. So, But, yeah, Sean, I'd love to hear more. Or a picture, if you could... Stick yes. a picture in there. That would be kind of awesome. Yeah, throw yeah, throw a pic or a link to a photo, and then we can we can put it up on the live stream as well. Dig it. Um, that'd be awesome. Um, so ho- hopefully, if Sean's still listening, he'll drop a comment in there. Um, we'll go ahead and move along with a uh, couple. Uh, oh, there we go. All right. Just said a, a mood He's lighting exactly. Says, okay, Amy, you're right about everything. Yes. <laughs> oh wait, he oh, didn't wait. say that. Did oh, he that's really? No. Head, because, yeah. Oh darn it! I was gonna say, if so, could somebody screenshot that and just. <laughs> I need that. I think it's Every fair day. to read into it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I saw. Agreed. That's what <laughs> I think all biased, the time. Brian. That's how we think. Yeah. Of Amy. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> what type of texture? Kim asks. Is, is, she's asking Sean. Oh, this is great. This is truly a live live QA here. Very Sean's live. getting into the question. So, <laughs> I will tell you, there are. So FRP can get really super expensive once you get past a few of the basic types. There is a there's a very smooth. I went with the smooth option, and then there's kind of a dimpled option, mm-hmm. and you can get those. I know we buy it in bulk, so I think we paid around like twenty six dollars for a four by eight sheet. Um, but you know they have some beautiful FRP that doesn't even look like FRP, but you're yeah. talking one hundred and twenty, hundred and sixty dollars for a four by eight sheet, right. which is a lot more than tile. Um, at the end of the day. So, uh, I, you know, they don't have a whole lot on the cheaper end, uh, but, but the mood lighting helps for sure. And <laughs> I, I, and I think she is right about everything. Yeah. Good, good, good. Uh, thank you, Sean, for verifying that. It's not, it's not just Brian and I. Oh, thank um, you, Sean. <laughs> So I I don't think the texture matters. I mean, aesthetically, choose the texture that you want. I've been getting a lot of samples in the mail, and Mm -hmm. basically whatever you want exists. But it's not going to affect your cleaning because it is all one. It's like your float tank, right? It's, it's, uh, well, it's fiberglass reinforced. But what I'm trying to say is it's not going to get into the edges like your tile and get underneath that to where it's soft and rip it apart. So um, that's, that's not the same issue. He says, Sean says his is not dimpled, but I'm guessing that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to clean. Uh, no, but I think not. what we're talking about when we say dimpled is like the McDonald's style, where it just looks yeah. uh, not super classy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, once again, if you had mood lighting, it probably once you know there are ways to decorate up. I have seen. I don't want to. I don't want to diss it because I have seen it in float centers, people using it, and it uh-huh. looked it looked just fine. Okay. Cool. That's I great. I didn't find it to be unattractive at all. That's good to know. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah, because that, that, that would Preference. be my concern, because I guess that's where I have seen it. But again, with everything else that you're doing and with the lighting and all the ambience that you create, yeah, cool. Uh, was that even a... Did, how did we get to that? The FRP? That I was, that was an earlier back. comment I wanted to talk about, and now we're on, now we're on the FRP trolley. This is just the um, FRP episode. It's not even the live <laughs> QA. This is just FRP, no other part in the title. FRP. I had a hunch this would happen. I was like, man, the first question is going to be some one topic that we're just going to go off on for 40 <laughs> minutes. And we, won't, we won't answer any other questions. It's the world of the flow center. No FRP. No, no. We, we do have additional questions. Uh, no. Luke, uh, Luke Kruger had asked uh, or had requested to see us, uh, to see you guys answer the question, what is the hardest part about your job at the float center? At the float center? Mm-hmm. That sounds like 
not managing from mm. distance or up above, but actually in the flow center. Well, I mean, I guess Dylan, for you, your situation has changed over the over the course of time from being yeah. in it day in and day out to kind of stepping back and letting uh, the people you've hired kind of help manage things. So may- maybe you can talk about both sides of that, sure, the sure. difficulties maybe in the early days and any difficulties you may be experiencing now. And uh, Amy, I'm sure, has difficulties to share as well. Uh, go for it. So Amy. easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would have to say, of course, one of my one of my challenges has been um, dealing, doing management. But you know, there are some parts of management that have been fairly straightforward, easy enough. Uh, for me, the challenge has been dealing with uh, our employees on an individual basis and learning how to motivate each one Mm. because it's not a one-size-fits-all. You really, it does take time and energy and effort to sit down and talk to them and understand what motivates them and understand how we can support them. And all of them need support in a different way and all of them need um, encouragement in a different way. All of them have different styles of learning. So taking the time and understanding that about each employee has been a challenge for me. Now I'm lucky in that Mark is really good with people and very intuitive about people. That is not one of my skills, um, but it is for Mark. So fortunately I have someone who can help me out with that. But for me, it will always, always be a challenge. Putting the systems together to manage people is great, but a system you know, we're here to love our employees and to take care of them. And a system is is certainly a layer of doing that and giving them those boundaries. But where the rubber meets the road is how we how we deal with them on an individual basis. Got it. I think it's tough. <sighs> That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> I, I will <laughs> just omit that from mine then. Uh, for me... I think I was going to say closing, just literally closing down the float shop for the next person. I got so many complaints from employees and I'm like, damn it, I'm in charge. I need to represent correctly. I need to show them how it's done. But what I, what looking back, I think it's because inability to update, to change to, to the new way of doing things. So it used to just be me. So I'd go, I am stinking tired. I want to go to bed. I'm just going to leave this out or I'm going to clean this in the morning, whatever. And it's great because I'm opening. So I'm only, I can only be mad at myself. And so I would work out this agreement with future self. And future self was usually pretty okay with what past self did. And so it just became this thing of closing and not doing certain things or you know, potentially cutting some corners. And then um, when employees started coming in, I stuck with that, right? Like I, I, it was hard for me to update. And they'd be like, look, there's a checklist here. You you were a strong component in writing this checklist. You should know what these items are. And uh, despite having that, I still had a lot of trouble making sure all of those things were done as the shop has evolved. And so procedures continue to update. And then I'm gone for a long time and I come back in and uh, for a, you know, a four-hour shift. And I, I have a hard time adapting to how we're doing things now. And I think the, the main things, the things that are truly important to me, like my soul and the soul of the business you know, talking to clients and producing the best float possible, that is still right there. But the things 
um, kind of the behind the scene things are really difficult for me. And then things like um, Mind Body Online is updating, you know, constantly just these little little updates. And I'm like, oh god, uh, this was in beta last time I used this. How do I how do I ring somebody up or how do I do this? Why did it take me to this? Oh, it's just scary. You know, a new UI is scary. So for me, that's probably my biggest thing. And I think my employees would say things like closing are absolutely the worst. Oh, and then one other thing, just kind of in a managerial thing, is it has been in the past hard for me to stay focused on uh, the day-to-day business when there's downtime because I want to go back to managing things. And it's like, no, 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 no. If you're on shift, you would expect an employee to be on shift working. You need to do that too. And that's something I I did nip in the bud, um, I'd like to say a year ago, maybe a little bit less than that. And then beyond that, I guess this is kind of managerial, but like deciding, it's very difficult for me to decide where does the attention go next? Is it on painting, painting the banister? Is it on painting the outside? What's more important, the feeling inside? Because you only have so much attention, money, close time that you can do this construction or work. Where does that go? And where is it going to benefit the customer the most? And also make sure that we're able to find new customers or, you know, have people still want to come in, pay money for this experience so that we can stay open and continue providing it. So um, I think those are those are the main things that, that come up for me. I don't know if that's exactly what they were asking for uh, as far as that goes. I know I find it hard. We have several employees. You brought up something that reminded me of this. We have several employees who like to organize. Mm-hmm. The problem is they organize and put things in new places. And every time I come in, I can't find crap. I cannot <laughs> find anything. And I'm standing there trying to get stuff done. I'm like, where is it? Where did it go? Uh, that's hard for me. I cannot you know, stand not knowing where my stuff is. <laughs> now that you said that, I've got another one, which is just, it, oh, it's difficult to give negative feedback, right? Like that's true for mm-hmm. anybody. And it's hard for me to get into the place of this person wants to do a good job. And so it's just giving them information so they, they can do it. But like, they don't want to be doing something incorrectly or bad or whatever. And it, it, it's just, t- that's just, it just feels uncomfortable for me. And so it's really hard for me to get into the right headspace. I really do need to take time, get into that headspace and as we've talked about more so years ago, but I need to do the compliment sandwich because I've been a little too direct in the past and hurt some feelings. So like, how am I going to say this in a constructive way that's positive? Uh, that has been difficult for me. Um, but, you know, it's, it's little things like uh, we have a very specific way that we put the spray bottle, the float halo, the earplugs. You know, we have a picture of it in the manual. It needs to be done that way, right? And so for it to be even, it's actually probably the smallest things that I feel nitpicky, uh, I, that I, I don't want to bring those things up. So it's all very difficult is what I'm trying to say, Luke. It's, <laughs> there's, there's no easy part. And maybe a follow-up question related, you know, both of you mentioned that managing can be difficult at times. And I, I agree, like managing is a difficult thing to do. And I think the hardest part is how do you how how do you gain experience and where do you get experience to become a good manager i feel like probably 70% of managers out there just they're like hey congrats you're in charge of people now you're a manager figure it out um and there there's good examples and bad examples but i think when left to your own devices you, more often than not you end up with a poor manager rather than a great manager hmm. so how do you if you're if you are if you yourself are new to business trying to become a great manager, what resources are out there for for folks like that? 
Well, I'll tell you, one of the things that has helped me out the most has been our coach. We do have a business coach, and I have worked with a business coach since, oh my goodness, probably since 2006, 2005. Um, I think having, putting your money in, investing in yourself is super important. So um, Mark and I have really worked on management skills with our coach, who happens to be a very good businessman, who happens to have a lot of uh, background in managing people. So between John and reading books and, uh, and having that person, having that coach to talk to and bring up concerns with and get and who gives us some structure that honestly has been probably one of the most valuable things I've done for myself. So when you invest, you know, go ahead and invest in yourself. Yes, I pay quite a bit of money. I pay more now for a coach than I ever have in my life. And I'm spending more and more. And what I'm finding is the more I spend, the more I get out of it. And um, it's a very valuable, um, very valuable input, a very valuable um, investment. It's made a difference. Huh. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Well, you, you have something I, to add, Dylan? If, if one can add to Amy's answer, yeah, which is just yeah. that, uh, <laughs> because I think she has a great answer. But I think you are what you put your attention on and what your priorities are is, is uh, what you put your attention on. And so the, I think just from the ground up, you have to want to be a good manager and that needs to be a priority. And just the more attention you put on that, because if you want to be, you know, you're told you're a bad manager, you get some bad feedback, but it's not a really big priority, then you're not going to take the advice that Amy gives. You're not going to pick up a book or you're not going to listen to my wife's feedback on how I communicate because she's a great communicator and that's not going to be important to you, right? And so I just think if you if that is important, if that um, is a priority to you, then you're going to be doing the things. You're going to hear your employees more. You're going to be receptive to their feedback. You're going to pick up that book about management or simply about communication and how to... Um, communicate and it's funny as I was talking about difficulty with giving uh, difficult feedback um, feedback and, and uh, excuse me uh, conflict uh, communication so uh, yeah I just think it being a priority is the number one thing like then it, that's going to be what you're paying attention to right got to want it you want got to want to improve it's you, you can lead a horse to water but you can't make him drink mm. also try you gotta hard it. you got to got to get good try hard <laughs> <laughs> Try if, you want, if, if you want a try hard, try harder shirt, uh, those are available in our merch store. <laughs> it's got Dylan's face Our on it with inspiring quotes. <laughs> so I think we that's, that in, uh, that's in Portland, Maine, right? The Harders. Blow harder. We just, try harder. just made your new shirt for you, Amy yeah. and James, right? Yeah. Who, oh, speaking of which, have dreadlocks. Ah, that's the other thing we should have talked about. Let's save that for next week. Or if we have more time on this one, we'll talk about dreadlocks. That was really interesting. Cool. Um, Uh, Let's move on to the next question here (laughs) uh, from Ben Ben Gregory. Uh, He'd like you guys to talk about useful tips for countering the I'm claustrophobic people. Well, Mr. Gregoire, this is one that I have faced a lot. Amy, have you faced this one a lot? We have, yeah, for sure. Okay, I don't, I can't think of a float center who hasn't. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh Good God, question. oh, I'm claustrophobic. Honestly, yeah. like it seems like this is a really, and and I'll be curious, Amy, what your what your take is on this. But from my point of view, it is to kind of not make it a big thing, address it, but just we real real gently. Um, some some of the things I might say are a lot of the people. 
uh, that float here thought that they were claustrophobic, but when, as soon as they see the float tank, they see it's much bigger than what they thought it was going to be, especially if they use that horrible C word, coffin. Uh, we, we don't use that in our float center. But if they do, uh, you know, ours aren't coffins. You know, the, the roof isn't right here by your nose. It's actually way further above you. And in all of our float tanks, you don't even have to close the lid. And then we talk about the lighting and all the things that can make it... Um, more accessible, under your control, that it's not just going to be shut. No padlocks. I have made that joke a few times, although I wouldn't necessarily encourage it. But if you're feeling comfortable with that person, you know, there's no padlocks out here. We're not locking you in. Uh, and just, um, I think the first thing is diffusing by just saying a lot of people do come to us thinking that they are claustrophobic. What we actually find is that very, f or most of them get comfortable as soon as they see the tank. And it's very rare that somebody, in fact, I don't even remember the last time. <laughs> I'm not I, like I literally don't remember the last person who was claustrophobic in one of our float tanks, or wasn't didn't find the right uh, spot for them to leave the leave the lid slightly open or open completely or leave the light on for themselves. So um, that's what I would say, Amy. Yeah, you know, in, in saying those things are perfect and beautiful. Um, I often like to, I, I've been known if we've been out talking, uh, out at a dinner or something, we end up talking about it, pulling out pictures. In particular, we have an open tank, so it, it makes it a little bit easier for us. Um, I also encourage people to come by and see the float tanks, that we're happy to give them a tour. It's our job to make them comfortable. And once they see it in person, usually that dispels yeah. any kind of, of issues. It, they perceive it to be so small in pictures, which is why sometimes pictures don't quite work. But once they see it in person, it's like, oh, this isn't as small as I thought. This isn't bad. And obviously we always let them know that the door can be opened. Yeah. And, you know, it, it it's nice. Uh, some of these pictures that you're showing Dylan, it's nice. You can see people with their arms stretched out. You can see people with, because even the smaller tanks, the Oasis, like an Oasis or a, or um, an, one of these skate pods, the... Oh, my goodness, I can't think of it. Um, yeah, well, any of them, really, mm. you know, and I say they're smaller tanks. They're not that small. But that's the beauty of it is even if people perceive that as small in a picture, you can see or, you know, just seeing the tank, once they see a person in it, they can get a, that perception is even better. And usually they're quite comfortable. And like you, I can't remember. Mark's on this on this call. Mark, can you remember the last mm. time that we had someone even get upset in the tanks? I mean, we've facilitated now over 20,000 floats, and I'm hard-pressed to to think of... I think I can think of one time that happened four years ago. Um, and that's a pretty good... That's a pretty good record. <laughs> that, I'd say that's a pretty phenomenal record, considering yeah. how many people think they're claustrophobic coming in. Yeah. And then the other thing is, yeah, so somebody says, I'm claustrophobic. Oh, I would never walk in there. I do remember a woman who... Uh, walked upstairs and was like, oh, nope, never take me downstairs. Take, take, nope, not going to happen. Great. That's one out of that's okay. how many thousands? Like, that's okay. Not everybody's yeah. going to be into floating anyway. I don't need to make sure everybody who thinks they're claustrophobic is going to get into a float tank. That's not my job. <laughs> you know? Right. It's not good business. So uh, just provide the space that you can to make people comfortable with it or show them they, that it can be comfortable, but you're not trying to push anybody into the float tank. Yeah. And Mark, I noticed just correcting me in the, um, oh, the in the live broadcast. It's Explore <laughs> right. that we were ta that I was talking about. Explore people perceive it as being small until they're inside of it, and mm. then it's like, oh, this is perfectly fine. I have plenty of room. 
Um, I always found it funny that we have a pro basketball player who would come and and float with us. And our Explorer was the smallest tank. It is not a small tank, but it is our smallest. Mm-hmm. And that's the one he wanted all nice. the time. He's a <laughs> massive, massive man, and he huh. loved that tank. So That's rad. Yeah, so we could tell those little stories as well. And, oh, here's something else that you can do. Um, check your your reviews. Uh, we have multiple reviews that say, you know what? I was afraid to go. I was very concerned about it. And then I got there, and it was amazing, and it was wonderful. Um, I've screenshot a lot of those, and I also carry those along with me, and I use them in visuals when we're doing shows and that sort of thing seeing other people's comments about the tank. People that were afraid, but then they got in and everything was fine. Sometimes that allays fear as well. It helps people feel a little bit calmer. That's great. I think that builds on something else I wanted to add, which was that um, people other than yourself's opinion is really important. So if you say (laughs) that most of our members started out with the lid, open their first few floats, or like you said, taking actual comments left online is perfect if, if you have those. That's great. Very helpful. Cool. Great. Great responses there. Um, we have a question in the comment field here from our own Kim Hannon. She does the show notes for uh, <laughs> for the podcast. So if you're reading reading the blog posts Hi, with uh, all those lovely notes, breaking down what we talked about, Kim's responsible for those. So thanks for joining us tonight, thanks, Kim. Kim. Appreciate you. <laughs> um, Kim's question, thinking of the construction phase, what's one thing you wish you would have known then that you know now? Besides using FRP, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> um, hmm. So is this uh, so? This is before construction phase uh, that I wish I would have known. Let's see. What's one thing you wish you would have stick known? with the nine to five? Is that what you're gonna say? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, the the one thing that has helped me getting through this construction phase is knowing that it's going to be hell. (laughs) It just is. Mm. You just accept that up front, and then you're okay with it when it happens. You know, every week, like I said, I feel like I had this disaster happen, but then it's like, wait a second, calm down. You knew this kind of stuff happens. This is totally normal. You are not the only one in this uh, this situation. It's cool. Uh, So from that standpoint... Just know construction is is tough, and it's full of surprises, and it's scary. The other thing, um, hmm, boy, this is a tough one. I don't know if it's necessarily about it's it hasn't been about construction myself. We um, we didn't have much of a choice the first time around. We have an eleven hundred square foot facility. And that's all we could get. No one would would rent to us. There's no one who would a float center was. We were the first one in the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we didn't have much choice for our layout. And our layout in our small center is great for the small center, but it is um, is not ideal by any means. And it's not great for soundproofing uh, just because of the way it is laid out. Uh, if I had to do it all over again, I'm not so sh- sure if I wouldn't have kept looking for another year or so oh, uh, to try to find space. Um, that, that it's been, it's had a, a lot of challenges. Uh, I also am not sure I would ever go to 5,800 square feet like I have this time. I think that was <laughs> kind of crazy too. Uh, I can't seem to find a middle ground. It's either too small <laughs> or too big. I don't know what my problem is. Uh, yeah, and the other thing too. 
um, understanding what I didn't realize the first time is how important your relationship is with the members of your team. And by members mm. of your team, I mean your architect, mm. your your uh, banker, your general contractor, your um, accountant. All these people are so important to help you and to support you through this process. My general contractor is a mansplainer. Mm. He's not... He's not my, my favorite person mm-hmm. um, at this time. However, uh, has because I have such a great architect, because I have such a great banker who are there to to help me succeed and who want to see me succeed, they are making this project a little bit easier. They are allowing me to not have to deal with him face-to-face oh, wow. and have those confrontations, and they're easing uh. that part of the process for me so that I can focus on moving forward, getting things prepared, getting things ready. That is something I would never do without again is having that amazing team, making sure that when you start, Mm. you have the majority of people on your team there and ready to support you any way that they can and to give you that much needed pep top talk because you're going to need a lot of them and that's okay. That's I know that's not necessarily construction related per se, but but that team, man, that'll make or break you. No matter, no matter what else is going on. I need to stop following up Amy on these questions because her answers are (laughs) so stinking good. Uh, Oh my gosh. I know. I know that's not right. You are (laughs) rocking my world tonight, Dylan. Nice. You're amazing. Screenshot that. All right. Yeah. Um, (laughs) A little audio clip that you can play anytime you want. (laughs) Right. Uh, (laughs) Dylan's new ringtone. Yeah, <laughs> you're rocking my world. <laughs> you're rocking my world tonight. Uh, let's see here. Um, construction specific, I would say, oh, of course, this is super obvious that it's me talking. Soundproofing, right? That was my big regret with the float shop was we didn't know that your <laughs> float center needed to be soundproofed. We thought float tanks were soundproof. Big dummies. And um, it, we've done it all in, in retroactively, all this soundproofing. And it's very expensive. It's going to work. You have to close down, all that stuff. So uh, find a consultant. Oh, my gosh. Do we do consulting? That's right. Uh, Art of the Float does consulting. can, can actually help you with your soundproofing. Uh, and if, if there was one thing, I mean, there's definitely flow of your business is important. Where you're going to store things, laundry, all that stuff is important. But, I mean, even laundry leads into the soundproofing and all of that. And every location has its own differences uh, that are going to impact how much sound is traveling into your floaters or how many vibrations are traveling into your floaters, uh, float tanks. So for me, I would say making sure that your soundproofing is dialed. And I also understand that we have limited budgets and you can't make everything cement walls completely isolated and there has to be cuts in some places. And so making sure those savings are done in places where it actually makes sense so that you still have the best bang for your buck soundproofing, but you're also saving as much money in the process. Speaking of soundproofing, I can, I, I'm going to add to that because you brought up so many great points. When we started Float Nashville, I have a cat toy in my hand, by the way. I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I just realized. That's I, why we don't do video. <laughs> That's I, why I'm we're trying a podcast. To keep, yeah, <laughs> trying we usually to keep have my cats cat down over from us. <laughs> knocking over my mic. Um, nice. So, yeah, one thing that we didn't think about, we started Float Nashville. Uh, we realized really quickly there's a train close by, but it, mm. we thought, oh, it's not that close. It'll be fine. Hi. Oh, no. Mm. You can hear that train whistle, and it doesn't matter what kind of soundproofing we're doing. So when we started Float Alchemy, 
uh, Mark and I went there and we drove all over. It's like no freaking trains anywhere. We don't want to see them anywhere close. And we drove all the <laughs> way around and we sat and we listened to the parking lot and no problem. And we put the lease in and we signed the lease. And then we found out that there is a fire, a fire truck station about oh my three God. quarters of a mile away. So oh now there are no. fire trucks going past. I'm like, son of a... Well, we were so concerned about <laughs> trains. We didn't think to... Uh, but we were so thorough making sure there were no trains. So, uh, yeah, just be before you sign a lease, before you start construction, mm. be extraordinarily aware of where you're going, of, of what's around you. And also, is there space where it looks like, oh, yeah, there could be construction yeah, um, in a lot, mm. like right down yeah. the street from me. Uh, yeah. Fortunately, in this location, there's a parking lot behind us and there's all pretty new buildings around us. So we feel fairly confident that there's not going to be a whole lot of new construction um unlike where we're at with float nashville there's mm. good possibilities so uh ambulances as well uh, hospitals yeah. if you have a hospital nearby <laughs> you hospitals. ambulance uh, usually they turn off the sirens when they get very close to the hospital but if you're on one of the streets leading in mm-hmm. along the float shop yeah. uh, then you're going to be hearing that every once in a while although we actually talked with them and they do try to keep the sirens down as they're going past the shop which is wow. pretty cool very <laughs> nice of them good to have uh people float with you you know like like what you're doing what you're putting out there nice. uh yeah i feel like i wanted to mention you know this I, i'm not sure how much this impacts people anymore because i feel like fewer and fewer people are doing all of their own construction but as somebody who w- d- was doing all their own construction and then working in the center full time i mean open to close and all of that i would this isn't i'm sorry kim I'm, I'm digressing here but i feel like it's important just in general for somebody starting a float center is knowing things are going to be okay and keeping your uh shoulders out of your ears and knowing like looking back now i'm like how much more could have i enjoyed this time instead of being stressed out about the finances or stressed out about how a couple words weren't correct in an intro and i get down on myself or just all these different things that um you want it to be so perfect or you get so uh, up in your head and it's so aggravating, but really you're just living life. You're living your dream of creating your own business and creating this amazing thing that benefits people. Uh, Having Justin on last week was so refreshing and inspiring of why we're actually doing this and the, the passionate reasons that we get into this. But sometimes we just get so lost in the things right in front of our nose and of course finances, right? That's such a big component that can make us, I mean, nothing else is is important when you can't pay your bills. It's it's like your baseline. So, um, you know, for us, what is it, seven years looking back? Gosh, that could have been so much nicer. And there was so much greatness in it as well. I'm not saying it was all bad, but it could have been easier. And then what if we did go out of business? So we'd go out of business and we would still have each other. And if I wasn't so stressed out about it, uh, even that transition would be better, right? So where your priorities are with your friends, your family, all these people in your community going through that. For me, that's keeping that in mind is, is the bigger priority than even your own business. But most likely your business is going to is going to succeed if you're putting your attention on it. And kind of like the same thing of being a good manager, if, if that's where your attention is and you're trying to learn and, and understand it and get educated on it, most likely you, you will be successful. So breathing, enjoying the moment, going passing through these moments instead of just staggering through each of them, tackling the problem after problem after problem. 
not construction, but there we go. We're uh, we're pretty uh, pretty deep into the podcast now. Are Probably we? time okay. to wrap things up. So uh, cool. maybe I'll hand it off to you. We can give a shout out to one of our day ones, Float Away. Float Away, you say? What do <laughs> they do, right. Ryan? Well, uh, they make float tanks. Yeah. Uh huh. That's correct. <laughs> and actually, now they used to make them in. Uh, in in the UK, but now they still do. Mm-hmm. They yeah, that's right. They make them there, but they also now make them in the United States. That sounds convenient. If you live in the United States or somewhere in the North America, that is right. Uh huh. It nice. is not cheap to float a float tank across the ocean. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the shipping costs <laughs> add up. Um, so now they float. Now there's a Float Away USA. Um, they have a manufacturing plant in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, which is awesome. Uh, we had uh, we. We just had Justin Feinstein on last week. Um, they make the 10-foot diameter open float pool um, named the Serenity that is used over at Liber. And that's where that's where the research is done. I wanted to say there at Liber it's an 8-foot, and now they also have the 10-foot. Maybe, maybe I'm oh. wrong. We should, we should drop them a line and find maybe out on wrong. that one. Because I remember Colin talking about making an even bigger float around. And, like, if you want to be floating the you know nba players and the athletes it's like oh yeah okay mm-hmm. why, why not make it even bigger for me it was perfect but yeah okay i think the important takeaway there is float away has tanks in all shapes and sizes uh sure to fit <laughs> the needs of any float center um so check it out see what they have you can find all their offerings at floataway.com um and let them know that we sent you mention art of the float and uh we uh we appreciate them being a sponsor of the show yeah i think uh i I think I want to say Colin will be a speaker again at the float conference. Uh, I want to say he's at Rise too, but maybe I shouldn't shouldn't get ahead of myself. I want to say I saw an email that he'll be speaking at Rise. Uh, Amy and I will be speaking at Rise. This is going to be a blast. That's going to be a yeah. good time. I can't wait to give the title of the speech. It's good stuff. Uh, Brian is also coming with us to Tulsa. That's super exciting. Yay! And we're all going to host a roundtable discussion while we're there. Hopefully we can even do a couple, but we've, we're at least doing one. Of course, we'll do what we do like at the float conference. We're going to record it and post it on the podcast, which is really fun. You get that live ambiance, that live feel. And of course, Brian understands microphones and all that good stuff. So it sounds good and you can actually hear what people are saying. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. And um, yeah, so I'm excited about Rise and speaking there. It's going to be a good time. What I mean to say is www.floataway.com is where you want to go <laughs> to check out Floataway Float Tanks. And I don't know if Colin is speaking at Rise, <laughs> but, but hopefully. Uh, if you want a little insight to Colin's genius and amazing personality, look for his episode. Uh, it is quite a bit of fun uh, on Art of the Float. That was a good one. Thanks, yeah, everybody that's... who is. Oh, sorry episode uh he's he was a two-parter with us uh because he's so full of amazing thoughts on ideas (laughs) episode 97 and episode 98 if you want to check those out we'll uh, provide links in the show notes as well Mm. we got to get him back on that was fun Mm, agreed yeah he he doesn't shy from any topic (laughs) (laughs) he does not Patreon supporters, thank you so much. Patreons, patrons, patrons, thank you so much for supporting us. It means the world to us. Thank you. Uh, We are available for consulting, as was mentioned earlier on the podcast. If you're interested in uh, helping getting a loan, soundproofing, just overall designing of your float center, launching it, marketing, all that good stuff, we would love to work with you and help set you up for success in your business. Thanks to everybody who is going to the website and bookmarking our Amazon links. We do see that. We really appreciate it. That just uh, helps, again, support the show. 
if you are uh, experiencing some wins, some losses, a grand opening, an anniversary of your float center, leave a speak pipe. It's the gold bar on the left side of the screen uh, when you go to Art of the Float. And we want to hear from you. We want this to be the community podcast. We want to share the community's words on the show, too. So please uh, let us know mm-hmm. uh, everything going on in your float centers in your own words, and, and we'll play that. And we might have some commentary on it, I'm going to be honest, but we'll be, we'll be celebrating you, your wins and, and losses, or lessons, I should say, as, as I think Lance would, would put it. And uh, again, thank you, Kim, for writing the show notes and for the questions tonight, too. Thanks so much for, for watching live and, and participating. Uh, very sweet. Uh, Amy, Brian, is there anything else you guys want to mention before we close out? Wonderful. Well, no, this is I, fun. Yeah, this is a fun one. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. The, the live ones are, are always a good time. We'll try to get through more questions in the future, get, get, get going a little bit faster. But also with this industry, it's just deep diving is just the natural way that we go with, the, with these uh, little bits of information. So remember, there's an infinite amount to find in the presence of nothing. So spend some time there. We'll see you next week.